Hello, hello, and welcome to the Gulf War Era Veterans No Zone, a jam-packed show about everything you need to know to live a fulfilled life after service. If you've served in Southwest Asia anytime from 1990 to present day, we're your people. We've got your back, and if it's about bettering your life, we've got it covered. Tune in every week for stories from veterans who have served with us. Learn about all the different government benefits, jobs, and business opportunities you can leverage to level up and feel more resilient and in control of your life as we discuss PTSD recovery and wellness. Here are your hosts and fellow veterans, Nikkei Roach and Jesse Almanza. Hello there and welcome. My name is Nikkei Roach and welcome honored guests. We sit and chat with dynamic individuals who share success stories from all walks of life. We interview military personnel. We also interview veterans, business owners, massage therapists, just looking for that magic formula to find out what are successes that they have and it's coming from challenges. This Today, is no exception. We got an honor to speak with somebody I've known literally since she was about two, three years old, somewhere like that. And now she's grown and actually retired from the Navy. um, And she now resides in Houston. And we're going to go ahead and invite her to come on board. So princess, are you there? I think she's going to come on now. There she go. (laughs) Well, well, this is uh, retired, uh, I think I, and I never get the Navy right. And I want to say Chief Petty Officer. Did I get that right or did I mess that up? The Navy one is always, huh? Petty Officer First Class. I always get the Navy's confusing. Hey, it is a Navy. You hang out on water. I guess you get to, you get to break the rules. (laughs) Well, welcome. Welcome, Princess. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Alrighty, so let's get down and dirty real quick. Tell us a little bit about you and and what makes you awesome. Um, basically, because I was born, <laughs> but, but no, somehow, some way, twenty years and six months ago, I joined the military as an eighteen-year-old fresh out of high school, and I made it. I made it. And sometimes people say, you know, the military isn't for everyone, but I kind of felt like that going through the ranks and going through the motions. And I wasn't sure how I was going to make it, but I did. And I'm glad that I made it so that now I can get my check for the rest of my life. (laughs) And I think that's pretty awesome. I think that's pretty awesome. (laughs) And thank you for, for serving our country. Now, let me back you up a little bit because you, you you said something about 18. Why did you join the Navy as opposed to any other branch? Why didn't you join the Army or the Marine Corps or the Air Force or the Coasties? Um, I guess one of the reasons was because my grandfather was a Navy veteran. He was in the Navy. And I kind of wanted to follow his footsteps. And then also the Navy recruiter is the one that, that spoke the best game to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he got to me before everybody else could. So then it just ended up uh, falling into place. <laughs> so, the, the, so what you're saying is the recruiter had a better marketing pitch to get you in, in than the army. So, or the air force, any other branch. Right. I think, I think that, that so, that's, a, that's a fair assessment. Now, what kind of work did you do while you were in, in the Navy? Well, um, I'm a kind of a different individual because I, had numerous jobs while I was serving. 
Um, I initially started out um, as a signalman, which I don't know if you see any military movies, you see the people doing Morse code by light, or you see them doing um, the nautical flags on the top of the ship or semaphore, which is like a form of um, sign language. That's what I did when I first came in. I was a signalman. So in about 2004, 2005, they decided that we don't need signalmen anymore. We're going to just combine your job with somebody else's job and get rid of your job. And I, I guess they do that a lot in the civilian sector, too. <laughs> the military, is like, we're going we're to get rid of that one. Right. So after that, I actually wanted to be in the legal field. I actually went through the process of applying and putting in a package to become a legal man. But after I was approved a week later, they said they changed the, the Creole group, which is like the manning of a, a different job. Mm-hmm. They changed the manning. So now that it was overmanned, so I can no longer be in that that job. So now I got stuck being uh, a PN, which is a personnel man. So basically dealing with people's personnel records. So then in 2000 and I'm going to say six ish, that job got combined with another job. (laughs) So dispersing clerks deal with the pay. So my job, which was personnel specialist combined with dispersing clerks became personnel specialist. Oh my God. So personnel man, so personnel specialist. So, So I had to learn two people's jobs after I had just got done learning one job. So now I ended up retiring as a personnel specialist. So so being flexible, I, I suspect is probably important in all that you do, because I, I suspect it, you know, it may have been a little salty. It's like, man, I really wanted to do this. And it's like, hey, we're getting rid of your job and you got to go learn something else. Right. I had to adapt and overcome. So I had to play the cards that I was dealt and make the most of it. Exactly. So what would you say you like out of all those different positions that you served in, in, in the Navy? Which one did you like the most? Um, I think I liked the different jobs for different reasons. I don't think I liked any one more than the other because I felt like being a signalman, I liked the communication part. I like the fact that if we were close enough to another ship and somebody had a, a loved one on that ship, they would come up to me and say, hey, could you tell my spouse this? Could you tell my cousin this? Can you tell this? And this was before Facebook and um, MySpace and all of that. This was before we had good connectivity on the ship. So it, it might have been like months or weeks before you even spoke to your loved one. So that was kind of that was kind of fun and fulfilling when I got to do that. And um, my job when I retired, you know, uh, I was dealing with people's personnel and pay. So whenever somebody had like pay issues or personnel matters that was affecting their pay, um, I was able to rectify the situation and see that they were paid their right wage. So that was fulfilling as well. So. Excellent. Different wow. Sounds like, sound like a fulfilling, fulfilling position. So were there any things that, and I know, you know, you may, you don't have to say this, anything did you like, man, that really sucks. I wish I didn't have to do that. 
I think it was just mainly being away from your family for extended amounts of time. Mm. But I kind of knew, you know, joining the military, that was going to be one of the downsides because, you know, I wasn't going to be able to check everything on the block. (laughs) So that was the biggest downfall was being away from my family for such a long time. And like I said, technology has advanced so much since the last time I was even on a ship. So it's it would be easier now, but still the physical part of being with your family what really weighed on me. Mm. And now with COVID, that has like kind of bought that back, that same feeling back. Gotcha. So so being isolated away from your loved ones does, you know, kind of makes it like, wow, like I'm back on active duty again. Right, it's kind of sucky. <laughs> I can, I, I can, I can only imagine that. Well, actually, I don't have to imagine. I know what it's like. Okay, <laughs> right. Not that I was in the Navy, I was, but I know what it's like to be away from loved ones when I was deployed. Now, how many different places? Um, did, did how many different countries did you did you? I, I suspect a lot. Have you counted up how many different places you actually went to while you were on active duty? I have I have actually never really counted up how many places I've been to, but my sister, my youngest sister got me a um a map where of the world where you can like scratch off wherever you've been. So one day I'm gonna get around to doing that. But I did visit a lot of interesting countries. My, my favorite would have to have been Portugal. Why? I mean, that, that but, did you pull into Portugal? It was just, you know, you were on leave or shore leave or something like that? Or was it just a, a duty assignment? Yeah, the ship, the ship actually pulled in and, and um, we docked there for a few days. So we were able to go ashore and do some sightseeing. And that was pretty fun. What, what, what really like, I mean, other than, you know, I know Spain is right next door, but... Um, what made Portugal so significant over the other, I don't even know, many places you went to while you were on ship? It was just beautiful. The people were so welcoming and so nice. They had this huge mall that had like a roller coaster inside of it. The shopping was really good. The food was amazing. <laughs> it was just an overall good experience. It's like, I like Portugal. I like Portugal. Okay, so yeah. now. So, so now we, I would go back again. Okay, so you would go back to Portugal. Right. Gotcha. Wow. As a civilian. I, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a different experience as a civilian because I wouldn't be restricted by so many other aspects, you know, like time and everything. Right. When I mean, you have you, those constraints. You got to get back on ship or, you know, it's not a good thing. Right. if You know, if you're not there when you're supposed to be. Now you can kind of relax right. and you can act a little bit more civilian like as opposed to someone who has to put on a uniform too, I guess. Right. And having to worry about who's watching me. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like, it's like, is anybody senior, you know, somebody watching me making sure I'm not acting crazy, but I suspect you wouldn't do that. anymore. Right. Yeah. Okay. I don't act crazy. I am. <laughs> now, now you said your, your, your grandfather was in the Navy. Do you have, uh, is that the only person in your family that joined the military or, I mean, it is obvious that, you know, military is in your roots because your grandfather now are there other like uncles or aunts or anybody else or something like that who who joined the military as well 
Well, I have other family members who joined the military, but I'm actually the only one that joined the Navy after my granddad. So the um, my other siblings joined the Navy. I had two, three, actually, three siblings that joined the Army. But then my youngest sister went from Army to Air Force. So <laughs> we were checking them off. But nobody else joined the Navy but me. Hold on a minute. I'm I'm getting some background noise, and I got to throw a book at somebody. What the heck? That would be my son, because he's in the background, <laughs> and I asked him not to talk while I'm online, but he's still talking. But anyway, I had to throw something at him real quick just to get his attention, because he has his <laughs> earphones on. But life is good. We keep it moving. So now that we've kind of delved into, you know, your background, what you did, you know, your family, and all that stuff, let's talk about currently. I mean. What now that you're now, you know, a full fledged veteran, you're no longer on active duty. Um, what is that like? Um, I think the day that I got my D214, it was kind of like it was like it was like a weight was lifted and I felt like I could breathe better <laughs> because I didn't feel like I was under, you know, the constraints of time and um everything that comes along with being in the military. So I was like, oh, after 20 years to feel like I don't have to wake up at the crack of dawn and I don't feel like I have to be somewhere and do something and listen to somebody else. Uh, it was just, it was a relief actually um, that I was able to make it to 20 years. So being a civilian, I haven't really been able to enjoy back being a civilian again because of COVID and because I'm a caregiver and because I'm um, in another state than my family. So I don't think um, I've been able to really experience the, the side of civilian life that I was really looking forward to as far as traveling and doing whatever I wanted when I wanted to. <laughs> so it was just like COVID really came at a horrible time. It's like, oh my God, it's like I retired and then, oh my God, I can't go anywhere. Right. So wow. I guess I got to make the most of it. And then hopefully whenever it's under control, I'll be able to start planning some trips. Gotcha. Now you, you were now, have you, have you been doing any, any stuff with the VA or, 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 or with that component of your life or as far as a, a veteran yourself, or have you like taken advantage of some of the benefits like myself? When I first got out of military, the first thing I did is use my, well, actually I didn't touch it for a while. And then I use it for my education for my, um, to go to, to go to college or something like that. Have you used any of those services or, or, or are you like most of us who's like, oh my God, I'm not going to touch it for 20 something odd years. Well, you just got out. So it won't really matter. <laughs> yeah. I actually just uh, applied to use my benefits for, for post nine eleven. So I'll start my master's in psychology once, you know, I get all of those prerequisites met. Um, hopefully it won't take that long. I'm waiting. <laughs> and I had to you know, request transcripts from my previous college and also from um, the Navy college. So I'm just playing the waiting game right now as far as uh, starting school to use those benefits. But I have been going to appointments at the VA 
I order medication through the VA. They they mail it to me. So I've been using those benefits. And um, I plan on using all of my benefits <laughs> that I worked 20 years for. <laughs> I'm going to get it all. Now, you, you right. mentioned... You mentioned uh, psychology as I guess you're getting you working on your master's. You never after you get everything else all worked out. Why psychology? I mean, is that a, a something? And I know you came from personnel and and you've been signal signalman. And how does psychology roll into all that? I'm I'm curious. It actually doesn't, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just something that I over time I I was thinking like what. What makes me happy? What do I want to do? I want to help people. I want to be who I needed um, as a teen, preteen. You know, so I was like, oh, I, I think, you know, being a psychologist in a school like middle school or high school, that would be something that would be fulfilling to me because I was like, for 20 years, I did what I had to do. So now for the rest of my life, I can do what I want to do. So I wanted to choose something that was going to make me feel fulfilled and something that I was going to love and not feel like I'm going to work. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. Now, you, you picked middle school. Was that a, a very tumultuous time in your life or is why you, you feel like, hey, I can see that there's probably some people like me who might need some help along the way? Right. I think that middle school is a really impressionable time in your life. And if things are going on in your life as far as family or even at school, then you need somebody there to, that you can talk to or you feel like you can come to. So that's why I said I want to be the person that I needed during those earlier years of my life. Gotcha. And I think that makes sense and, and a desire to, to serve and to help. I mean, you've served in the military, but now to, to serve in your community, wherever that community, you know, where it may be close to your home territory or close to where you decided to retire. Now, I wanted to, if you just joined us, I am talking with retired Navy, I say retired now, uh, Navy veteran Princess Bacote. Brown. I always got to put the brown on because I saw that hyphen in your name. I was like, I, right. I was like, Baco Brown or Bacote because never mind your sister. I used to tease her when she was young. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she doesn't see this because I used to tease her over that. <laughs> anyway, never mind. All righty. So we we were talking and, and we're talking about success and how and how coming from strategies of coming from from failure sometimes some of the things that happen and, and princess has been kind enough to share some of the some of the successes and some of the failures and how she's come out of it now as we uh learn a little bit more we wanted to talk more specifically on you know family life we, we kind of brushed over that but now i wanted to touch back in because i suspect that the next part is going to impact a lot of people's lives now princess can you give us a little bit of background on where you are you know, as far as a caregiver? Okay, so um, I'll start from when I first became a caregiver, which was in 2018. My husband, who also is a veteran, he served 24 years and he retired on June 30th, 2018. So 24, year, 24 days later 
on July the 24th, that's when he was diagnosed with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. So I immediately requested to get humanitarian orders, which would allow me to stay home and take care of my husband until I reached my retirement date. So from July 24th until now, I've been a full-time caregiver for my husband. Gotcha. And the VA has been really good as far as whatever we needed and taking care, even remodeling our house to make it wheelchair accessible, all of the equipment that we needed, medical supplies, everything. So it it has uh, really taken a, that part of the stress off of my shoulders, but it's, it's still a lot of stress on me, you know, being a caregiver, but I'm still, I'm still here, you know, I'm still kicking, <laughs> trying to make the most of this situation. <laughs> so to make it work. Now, for, for those of us who have no idea uh, and, and only, you know, we've seen it, we've seen the bucket challenge and what exactly, I mean, we know we've heard of Lou Gehrig's disease and we've heard of LAS, ALS, excuse me. What exactly, you know, in, in layman's terms is, is what's happening to your husband? Okay, so ALS is a motor neuron disease. So basically the neurons in your brain that sends the signals to your muscles to work, it shorts out over time. So there's bulbar onset and there's limb onset. My husband had limb onset, which means it affects your limbs first. So he started seeing signs of it in his legs first. And that's when he started, you know, going to the doctors to try to get um, diagnosed. So basically over time, those signals short out and stop working all together. So you end up not being able to talk or walk or use your hands. So basically you're essentially paralyzed, but you can still feel you just can't do anything. So, so you still have sensation, like voluntary muscle. Okay, so you still, you still like, like if a pinprick. You would feel it. You just don't. Are you not able to right. move or, or pull it back? It, you, it hurt. Like your brain is still there and everything is still functioning. You remember, and your mind is sharp, but your body just like right. it, it's out to dinner somewhere. You can't react to it, right? So that's why I said it's um your your um, voluntary muscles are affected. Gotcha. So wow. involuntary would be like your heart because your heart is, it beats on its own involuntarily. But breathing mm-hmm. is voluntary. If you think about it, you can hold your breath. And gotcha. You, can, you can't make your stop. You can't make your heart stop beating. Right. I mean, so, you can stop breathing, but I mean, you can stop breathing momentarily, but your heart will keep on going, you know, regardless of what right. you think about or not. <laughs> Gotcha. So how do you, how do you, what is the success in it? Because I want, I wanted to kind of delve into how do you progress through success? Because it sounds like this is, this is a, this is a fast road that you're working on. Right. It's because it is a terminal illness and it's, it's no cure currently. And there's no real treatments that prolong the disease or, stop it stop the progression um Mm -hmm. i think they have a lot of things in the works but there's no that's not enough funding for 
research that it should be, not as much as like something like cancer. So I think that's why we are where we are as far as treatments or cures because of funding. I think that's the biggest thing. Is it a, is it more of, it's less people to get Lou Gehrig's disease than say cancer? I mean, if you look around, I guess, you know, every other third person you found have cancer, but you know, you don't hear many. Maybe, maybe like, I'm not, I'm not sure of this, but maybe like one in a thousand people might have ALS. Wow. Whereas one in five got cancer or something like that. Yeah, it's mostly men. And then another thing about ALS, oh, it's if mostly you men. Serve in, it, it's mostly yeah, men. If you served, if you served in any branch of the military, they've made the correlation that you're more than twice as likely to be diagnosed with it. They wow. have registries where you can go and put in your information. So they're trying to make a correlation, but to this day, they still haven't made like pinpointed one thing they, that they can say this is why military people are more than twice as likely to be diagnosed with ALS. Wow. So, so, so the military, so one, if you're a male, two, if you're a male who served in a branch, you know, of the military, then you sort of, you kind of have the secondary factor. It sounds like it. Wow. Right. So then then it's mostly Caucasian males. So my husband is pretty much like a 7% chance that he will get it. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Okay. Better than Vegas, I guess. So, so right. how do you... Now, 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 I remember talking with you earlier and you said you have an interesting sort of a dark sense of humor. <laughs> how did that come out? Right. I don't know. I think it's just always been there. Because, you know, not having the best of upbringings and, you know, just trying to make it through this so-called life, it just became like a coping mechanism to make humor out of anything. And I've I've pretty much mastered that craft. (laughs) And it's sometimes involuntary because it's just ingrained in me now that I have to sometimes step back and think, oh, maybe it's offensive to other people. (laughs) And uh, it's not intentional for me to be that way. It's just kind of a coping mechanism. They say laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. So I think think that really helps. I I agree. I agree 100%. I have been known myself to make a lot of interesting jokes when I probably shouldn't, but it, it is it is a coping mechanism and, and it's effective. You know, it keeps you from, you know, going down the other path and everything like that. So now, you know, now that you ha- now that you're a caregiver, now that you're you're a retiree, now that you're, you know, taking care of your husband, what what do you see as the future? I mean, what what are you planning on doing now? Um like That's I said, a hard I'm planning question. on starting on, Yeah, I'm start I'm planning on starting on my masters and um, I'm not really sure how the time is going to be able to work out. I have currently um, a home health aide that comes four hours a day, um, four days a week. So that, that helps. But I would have to work out a really good schedule to be able to go to class in person and actually have the caregiver here during those hours. So 
I don't really, it's crazy because I don't really look into the future beyond maybe a week because it's hard to plan when you don't really have reliable help, you know? Hmm. So it's week by week is, you know, just got to see, you know, what's, what's going to happen next week and keep it moving. Right. So they call, maybe they call the day before sometimes and say, Hey, you're going to have somebody tomorrow or, Hey, we can, we couldn't get anybody on schedule tomorrow to come help. So it's just, it's, it's unpredictable. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. Now, if someone else, you know, was, was in, in, in a similar situation, maybe not what ALS or, or, or because, you know, both of you are veterans and um, I discovered that maybe I should have married a veteran, but that's a different story because of just some crazy benefits. Like I was like, are you kidding me? Can you actually get away with that? Like, for example, I discovered, that a veteran and only veteran can actually, it's the only time that I know of where a veteran can claim a dependency on one and dependency on the opposite side simultaneous. You can't even do that in the IRS. Right. Right. I said, that should be criminals. Like you, you seriously, my wife can claim me on her benefits and then vice versa. And we like basically doing it twice. We're double dipping. I feel like. I know, I know. I was like, "Oh crap!" Maybe and I then on top of that, I'm getting paid to be his caregiver, and I actually get paid more to be his caregiver than I get paid for my retirement. <laughs> How about that? Okay, you like triple dipping? It sounds like I'm, you going for the for the trifecta there. I take right. But, but but you know it, it sounds like uh, now and I and I never you know it's really funny because you've been traveling and you know you were a, an adult you know you went on and joined the navy and um and I strange enough I actually can't remember actually seeing you live since you joined the navy now that I think about it <laughs> I didn't realize that I have not actually seen you in face to face since you joined the navy I, that's kind of weird but anyway. <laughs> That's what but, life happens. Life happens. <laughs> I guess when you join the military, you're out and about and everything like that. But that that's cool. We, right. we, we're good with that. Now, so it's been wonderful to talk with you. It's been eye-opening and to see, you know, your success from some challenges and how to be able. And it seemed like you, you're still going to be working through some of those challenges, you know, as things go on. But I believe that, you know, that you were able to share some of your insights for other veterans and other people who are maybe going through similar challenges. Are there any other insights or any other advice or, or some like, you know, nuggets that you want to share? Oh, I just think it's, it's important to know your benefits in order to use them and take advantage of everything that's available to you and start early. Um, I wish I could have started earlier with everything as far as starting on my claim. But like I said, COVID definitely threw a wrench in a lot of things because it put a halt to in-person appointments and so many other things. So I think it's just, I, I always tell people be proactive and use other people and their knowledge 
to indulge. I mean, they say a fool learns from his own mistakes and a wise man learns from others. So I, I, I you, should, you should use me. I tell my friends, like, if you have questions, like, ask me. You don't have to make the same mistakes if you have resources and friends. And so friend- I, I think that people need to utilize that. I, I think- it's a lot. It's a lot that's, that's out there for us. I think it is. And I think if you ask, you know, if you ask the right person or even ask, just period, you know, at least it'll get you moving in that direction to find a solution uh, versus just kind of sitting there and hoping that, you know, it'll get better if you don't ask and and asking someone who's 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 gone through that already. And I think that's that's a valid point is to ask somebody who's already gone through the path that you're looking for, if that's benefits or that's, you know, being married or that's, you know, you know, working with somebody who's, who's a caregiver and a veteran and, you know, and living away from, from family, you know, it's, it's being able to, to, to ask them, Hey, you know, how did you solve this problem? And that, that inspires the next person. And then that person becomes the resource and just continues the the cycle down the road. So. (laughs) Right. Well, thank you very much for sharing. I thank you for for all the time that you've you've taken. I, I suspect that you know you got to get back to your to your husband as a, as the primary caregiver, and also I want to thank you for sharing your being you know transparent about some of the good stuff and some of the great benefits and the wonderful you know life, but also being transparent enough to tell me you know that you know there it's not always you know peaches and cream, and there are some times when you know it's not always that great. <laughs> But you have to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Even if it's slightly off off color, go ahead. <laughs> now I'm not right. even going to tell you. I'm not even going to repeat what you said the other day. And I was like, that is hilarious, and it's probably inappropriate. It wasn't nothing nasty, so don't worry about it. But it, was, it was, if somebody else listened to, it, it was like that was kind of cold, but it it, it is kind of funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like that, because <laughs> you got to, you, got to you have to find the joy in it. You have right. to find the, the silver lining because you know if you don't, and I think that's the key with with a lot of veterans who have either gone through some traumatic events or going through a very challenging part of life is that is that it's easy to get bogged down and it's easy to to just go to that dark place, but if you find some way to, to make it lighten it up, if it's a joke or if it's hanging out with friends or I don't know, whatever you do, I think it, it makes it a little easier to cope with. What do you think? All right. If you, everybody needs to find that thing, whatever that thing is, everybody needs to find it and go with it to help them keep them in a, a good state of mind and not getting into that sunken place. Cause it, and that is easy to do. That is easy to do to get into that sunken yeah. place. So, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go because I, I I can ask you a whole bunch more questions, but I'm not because you know you, you got to go and I got to go and we can keep on joking and everything like that. But thank you very much. Thank you for being our honored guest today. Thank you as well. Those of you who had an opportunity to be here, I apologize that I didn't even get an opportunity to answer, ask you to ask some questions. So if you can in the chat box down below, go ahead and ask your questions and I'll see if I can address it, even though I'm about at the end anyway, um, I can address those questions and I'll just kind of, you know, keep on um, after everything kind of clears out that I can go back and answer some of those questions. And if anybody 
um, need some resources or if they're a veteran or they're a business owner or they're a massage therapist or they're a mom and dad, and you're looking for ways to be able to find positive, encouraging, you know, success strategies and success mechanisms, because success is quite simple. If you have somebody who came ahead of you and you app able to tap into their success. So thank you very much, Princess, for being here and uh, safe travels. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us this week. Tune in every week to connect with us and the rest of our veteran brothers and sisters. Until our next episode, visit our website, gulfwarveteranscoffee.com to find out about upcoming events near you and other ways we can support you. Also, if this episode has helped you get closer to a happier life, please make sure to leave a rating, subscribe to our show, and send it over to just one person you've served with who may need to hear it. Remember, we're here for us. Talk soon.